This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling. David Arquette runs the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this shit? Show. Be so awful, Mr. McMahon. I didn't think it was. By Angro on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. McMahon and the family, the rock, they screwed us all. Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy jumpy, uh, beep beep! Goldberg steered Russo out of the cage! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is... Vince Russo's The Brand. (laughs) I I see you put Shohei on. Was that Shohei Otani? Yes, that was good old Shohei, man. Banged up Shohei, yes. I think they sent Shohei Otani back to Japan. I think Shohei kind of went back on his own. And I told you what was going to happen to Shohei. When he started running around... Didn't I tell you what was going to happen to him? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes. Okay. See, people ain't ready for this kind of stuff. They get over here, man, and in the West, and, you know, the culture is totally different from what they're used to, and everybody in Japan knows their place. Everybody over here running around like chickens with their heads cut off, doing what they want to do, this, that, and the other. You know, this ain't the place for a man like show here. He got to get his act together, man. See? See those Dominicans? Well, not, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not only that, Stevie, but they're talking about next year, they're talking about realistically only two suitors. And they're talking about the Dodgers and the Mets. And mm. those are two heavy pressure teams. I mean, I, I know the Angels are L.A. They ain't the freaking Dodgers. They're not so, the Dodgers. Yeah, so now, now you combine the schedule, you combine the pressure of playing for the Dodgers or a New York team. For now you got a whole different set of uh, circumstances for Shohei. Well, he's got a glimpse. He's got a glimpse of how it works, and I think when he comes back, he'll handle himself a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I hope but so. But I still don't think... 162 games a year is too much for any one man at this day and age because of everything else that's involved with professional sports. Well, he That's just me. Yeah, he ain't pitching next year because of the surgery, so next year he'll strictly be a, you know offensive player. And I think that would be better for him. Yeah. Uh, Stevie, a couple other things related to sports that I want to get into the meat of our story. Bro, I won a couple of uh, – I want a little coin on your Steelers uh, this past weekend, bro. I went with the Steelers, bro. You know, I still resent. <laughs> you laughing already. You already know who I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, see, you, you're never happy that I bet on your Steelers and I was rooting for your Steelers. You, you're not, that's not good enough, Stevie. Especially after some of the... The just vitriol that you had for him after the first game. Well, you, you forgot you, about that. You were the one that said they were bringing Lovey Smith in to turn things around. I no, you I said, didn't. You no, said I didn't. That. Yeah, 
No, I didn't. I wanted Lovey out of Tech Houston. <laughs> I wanted him to sell that condo. I wanted him to sell that condo he had as quick as possible and get him on Continental Trailways out of, oh. out of, out of the state of Texas. Out of town, man. Out of town. But that, uh, that quarterback looked good for the Steelers, bro, that kid. It can be better. The Steelers right now for the last couple of years, man, Matt Canada coming from college and some of the stuff that he was doing in college, it just doesn't resonate in the NFL, especially with a quarterback like Kenny Pickett. And the offensive line is dreadful right now. They haven't fixed the offensive line in the last three years. It's gotten a little better. But at the end of the day, their offensive line cannot hold up against the real pressures of the NFL. And Mike Tomlin is doing his best, but Kenny Pickett just doesn't have enough time to throw the ball with the kind of plays that Matt Canada likes to run. That's why this week you see him moving out of the pocket, trying to hit some of the receivers on the move, try to help him with the pass rush. And until they get that corrected, because if it wasn't for a very good Steeler defense, a very good Steeler defense, those two games, their defense have put them in position to win games. Two scooping scores in one game. Three sacks by T.J. Watt by himself in the second game. So And, and T.J. got to Brock Purdy a couple of times, which is hard to do in yeah. the first game. So in essence, the defense is coming along well. But the offensive line and the play calling of Matt Canada and the play design, I think they're, they're just holding on by a thread right now. They're holding yeah. on by a thread, and that's what I see with my Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm not ashamed to say they shouldn't have never hired Matt Canada. Why they did, I don't know. This guy ain't ready for the NFL, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not right now, anyway. Yeah. Well, Stevie, I, I took a bath with Coach Prime because I did not what? think I did not think in any way, shape, or form that the Buffaloes were gonna beat Oregon. Not, I, I, not at all. But I was like, Coach Prime ain't gonna ain't gonna let him get beat by twenty one points. So I took Colorado and I took the points, and oh my gosh, they took a butt whipping. Man. Brother, you should have seen that the last couple of games. Yeah, yeah, Colorado State should have they they should have trounced Colorado State, man. This is this is the thing though, Deion's. I mean, as good as Shadur Sanders is against that pass rush, the thing about their team is their second half team. Mm-hmm. And Shadur, Shadur can figure you out and then start to hit the big plays down the field. But the thing about Oregon is we got a top-notch guy. We got a top-notch coach. We got a top-notch offensive line. And our defensive line never had to get tired because yeah. we kept you off the field. You ain't got a chance against teams like that. Yeah. You ain't got a chance. So, so you think it's going to be the same story against USC this weekend? I don't think USC has the defense that Oregon has. Yeah. I really don't. But I think it'll be another flogging, if you will. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm looking at maybe 34-17. Wow. Did you see the press conference afterwards? I did, but I can't remember it. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I just love the way he carries himself, man. Oh, nothing bothers Dion. Dion yeah, lives in his man. own world, bro. Gee, you, he does, yeah, he's been bro, hooked at his whole life. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody. Maybe, maybe well, maybe, well, uh, you know, LeBron, Jordan. Yeah. But, bro, this dude's got so much confidence in himself. It's, it's, you can't, you can't crack it, bro. No, no, 
No, you're 100% right. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Deion Sanders has always lived in his own world, brother. And he's a very sharp, astute guy that people yeah. don't give him credit for. Deion Sanders is a super sharp guy. Yeah. On the field and off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And going back to what you just said, you can't crack that, bro. Ah, uh, man, you can't. Because he don't live in your world. Like yeah. he said before, do you honestly think I care about what people say about me? Yeah. Remember another interview you said that? Yeah. You, yeah. Didn't, you didn't make me, because, so you can't break me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you have to be when you're on that other level as an athlete, coach, whatever. You got to be in your own world. If not, Vince, they'll eat you alive. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's what they want. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why, you know, you go back to a person like Muhammad Ali back in the 60s and what he was doing at that time and the things that he said at that time and knew the whole world is coming after me. Yeah. And I'm going to still be the best I do. That's just a different kind of person, man. That's just a different kind of person. Yeah. They only come around... Every blue moon, a person that's the best at what they do and everything you say about me, you can't crack me, man. I'm going to still be me. Hey, Stevie, did you ever get to watch that HBO series, that winning time series? I've watched a few of the episodes. Uh, have you watched the, the the last ones? They canceled the show. It's not going to be anymore. However, bro. Man, they made Bird out to be that way. Like they made they made Bird out to make you think he thought, bro, he was the best in the world. Like I I I knew he was like that, but I didn't right. know he was like that to that extent, bro. That's that's why he got so much respect. Wow, man. You yeah. remember when uh Isaiah Robertson, they actually it was Dennis Rodman, but they put it on Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. About if Larry Bird was a black guy. He'd be just another guy in the league. You know, it was Dennis Rodman that said that. But some kind of way, it got on Isaiah Thomas. But Isaiah Thomas didn't say it. And remember they had the press conference with both of them? And Larry Bird came out and told the media, brother, I don't care about that kind of stuff, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he said, you know, Isaiah's a great basketball player. You know, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I respect this guy, this, that, and the other. So he just told the media, brother, don't drag me into this kind of – don't drag me into this kind of bullshit, man, because I, I don't care about that. I go out to play basketball. Hey, Stevie, what what was it in his career? I don't think it was that, and I can't remember what it was. Why did I, why did Isaiah Th- Thomas have so much heat throughout his career? Because Isaiah Thomas was one of those guys that he was always smiling. But he was a mean little rascal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Isaiah from Chicago, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's from Chicago, man. To, to, to come up in that environment to be, to go to, uh, North, what did he go to? North Carolina? No. Indiana. 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 Yeah, because yeah, Indiana's right by, yeah. you know, uh, Illinois and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, to play at that level, after two years and go to the NBA, and then Detroit becomes what they become, he was a mean little rascal. He was the leader of the bad boys. A lot of people yeah. think it was, you know, Lam- uh, yeah, Lambia, yeah, and all those guys. Yeah. yeah, it was either that. Yeah, it was like he was like Billy the Kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the West, he's younger than everybody, 
but he he would kill you, you know, for snoring too loud. So he was, like, he was like Pesci? Is that what you're telling me? P- little, little Joe Pesci he was? Right, right. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And Goodfellas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a yeah, made man, but you don't even know it. Yeah, because I, you know, I found out later on. I didn't know it back then, but man, there were a lot of plays that did not like him, bro. <laughs> he was not liked in the NBA, man. right? And he didn't care. Yeah, I. He didn't see, care. You know what I want to break down today? I talked to you about this, and bro, believe it or not, he did a second one, and I and two completely different interviews, and I want to break them down. Devon, my my good friend, Devon, bro. My good friend also. Yeah. Now, bro, I wanted to ask you that now. How did you and Devon cross paths? Oh, I don't even remember, man. I'm quite you, sure Devon. You, you, guys never, was, you guys never worked together, bro. No, we never did. No. No, but the thing is, uh, in the African-American community, you always keep up with what everybody else is doing because you're yeah. a minority. You know, it's just like uh, Japanese guys looking at the Japanese guys that make it to the in, in, I mean, uh, major leagues. Of the Caribbean guys. You keep up with your own kind. You yeah. know? And I'm quite sure Devon and and was watching me and my brother as we did our things all the way back in the global days. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. so when we met, it was almost like we knew each other. You, if you see what I'm saying. And not just yeah. Devon, many other African American wrestlers that I've uh, encountered over the years also. It's almost like we know each other already from just watching each other on television. So yeah. So when you meet, you got something in common. So whenever we saw each other, it was just like, uh, man, it was just like we know each other. You know what I'm saying? And, it's, it's, and it might be our first time meeting. So every time we met after that, it was just like, you know, like, like someone you know, like someone you grew up with and you haven't seen in a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so we always talked about the certain things in professional wrestling you know, personal things between him and myself and so on and so forth. So it was always cool. Yeah. Not just him, but uh, Bubba Ray also. You know, yeah. we were always cool oh, like that. Yeah, we no, always I, well, would. Yeah, I, I know those guys respected you two more than anything, bro. With, with, oh, yeah. I mean, these are respectful New York guys, so I know yeah. they look up to you and your brother, bro. Right. Yeah. So it was like we always would joke with each other about what would happen if you get in the ring with us? You know what I'm saying? Would always say stuff like, uh, uh, I remember my brother telling him one time, look, man, me and, my, me and my brother made our money in the ring, not outside the ring. <laughs> 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 we didn't have to go outside the ring and kill ourselves. We did what we had to do in the ring where yeah. everybody to see. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. have split cameras split cameras on what was going on, you know? Yeah. So exactly. we would always joke with each other about how many titles you guys got. I mean, like we, we didn't win our titles from people you don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we won our titles. We won our titles from, you know, ten t- top tiers. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. digging each other and stuff like that, man. I, I Matter of fact. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was just saying, bro, I remember specifically when I was working with these guys at TNA, bro, you, you, you would love this story. You would love <laughs> this story, Stevie. See, Stevie, this is why I'll give you a little backstory. This is why uh, I'm not a big fan of Paulie. And let, let me explain this to you. Um, you know, dur- during the Attitude Era days, 
Paul Lee and ECW, he's going on TV, bro. They're the anti-WWE, you know, they're, they're against the system, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, he was on Vince's payroll. Right. So the agreement, because now I'm writing for Vince. Vince never right. watched. Vince never watched ECW. So right. the agreement with, with Vince and Paul Lee was, okay, Paul Lee, look, if we have a talent that is kind of floundering, really not getting over, you know, needs more reps and stuff, we'll send them to you. On the other side of the coin, if there's talents you have that we're interested, you send them over to us, right? Right. So – the problem I had, bro, was so so I, I would watch ECW and I would say to Vince, we got to get so-and-so, we got to get so-and-so, we got to get so-and-so, right? Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with the Dudleys. I fell in love with their act. And I said to Vince, Vince, you got to bring these guys in. You got to bring the Dudley boys in, Devon, Bubba Ray. They'd be right. great for the WWE, right? Bro, Paul Lee came back to Vince and said, Vince. I don't know what to tell you, man. They have no interest in coming to the WWE. And I'm like, bullshit, bro. Yeah, bro, these guys rather play bingo halls than Madison Square Garden, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, bro, there was this. H7. Yeah, bro, there was this this legendary black ringside photographer, kind of like dirty type of guy in New York. His name was Black Jack Brown. I know Black Jack. You know Black Jack? I, I love Hell yeah. Black Jack. Oh, bro, me and Black Jack were very close. Very close. Yeah, I know Black Jack, man. Yes. Yeah. So, bro, how I find out was Black Jack calls me. Uh, Vince, there's somebody that wants to talk to you. Black Jack hooked me up directly with Bubba and Devon. Oh, wow. And I told him the story, and Bubba and Devon said, bullshit. Bullshit. So, so, bro, I literally lined up the very first meeting between Vince and Bubba and Devon, and I was present. Right. And, bro, the most hysterical thing in the world was, bro, you know how Bubba is, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bro, everything was Yes, Mr. McMahon. No, Mr. Yeah. McMahon. Like, like, bro, if people would have saw Bubba in that meeting, his reputation would be shot. Right. right? So Vince went on, hired the Dudleys. They had a great career in the WWE, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what has happened, uh, Stevie, I think here's why we're seeing this. Devon was employed with the WWE for a very long time as an agent. Right. Okay. Now, bro, I got to tell you, that was kind of a slight to Bubba. But the reality of this situation is, bro, Bubba's not a yes guy. You know, Devon can play that political game. Bubba's not going to play that. And and they they knew that about Bubba. And I think that's why Bubba was on the outside looking in when they hired Devon. Right. But, bro, I think Devon's whole time there, he was dealing with some racial issues and while he was there bro he couldn't say anything but now since he's no longer with the company i think that's why all of these interviews are coming out now i i, th- I think devon really wanted to get this stuff out right 
So I, I, w- I want to look at some of the comments with you and just, just some of, you know, what he said. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, this right off the bat blew me away, bro. Like, he says, when he's talking about wrestling, he says, it's grown a lot, believe it or not. I remember when I first broke into the business in 91. You have to understand that racism was still alive and well. Just as I feel like racism is still alive and well today. Mm-hmm. I like to say what Malcolm X used to say. And here's the quote from Malcolm X. A lot of the Klansmen turned in their white sheet for a suit. Walking around and doing what they're doing. It's still relevant in the wrestling business. It is. But we have come a long way. Bro, that's a that's a strong comment, Stevie. Yes, very strong, and he's one hundred percent right. He continued, "It's going to be hard to stop us from doing what we love to do. We watched this sport, we loved it, we want to be a part of it, and we're coming in there and we're doing exactly not what we want to do in a disrespectful way." but doing what we want to do to pay homage to those that have come before us directly, you know, you and your brother, and of course the cast of others before us that we have watched and idolized for so long. I'm just very proud of it bro. where I was going with the Bubba story. I completely forgot about it. Bubba actually wanted to do a, he, he, bro, he, he, he didn't have to beg me. I did whatever Bubba wanted. Right, bro. He so badly wanted to do this promo, where he was comparing the Dudleys to these great tag teams in the past. And I remember you and your brother were on that list, and you know he was really putting these teams over that he grew up on. And I and I remember vividly you and your brother being at the top of the list. So let's go on with what Devon says. He says, whenever I disagree with something within the business, I always had a plan B just in case I didn't like plan A. I couldn't just go to them and say, listen, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I always said I don't feel comfortable, but here's what I think we could do. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. I went in there with a smile on my face and did it, even though they told me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And that was fine. I want to ask you this, uh, Stevie. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know Devon. Yes. Devon's a sweetheart of a guy. Very, very, very respectful guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they, they, they knew how Devon was in the WWE. Right. Bro, I got to tell you, when, when it came to, like, let's take, for instance, you and your brother. Okay. Did you do you think you had to deal with the issues of race in wrestling just because of what you and your brother represented? In other words, Devon's a nice guy. I think you guys had the reputation of we're nice guys, but if you f with us, it's game over. Now, right. now, what? W- w- did having that type of an attitude make them treat you less as a minority? This is the thing, man. And I'm glad you brought this up. Even though you and I have talked about 
these subjects on many occasions. Mm-hmm. But we was always dealing with it from another perspective or another genre or another kind of career, so on and so forth. Right? Right. We've never did a real in-depth conversation as it pertains to professional wrestling. Other than the fact of the lawsuit that you were involved with. Okay? We've never talked about it and in depth like we're doing right now as it pertains to professional wrestling. Right. Now, going back to the question that you just asked, and I'm quite sure a lot of other people would be asking that question also. Now, I've indulged in these conversations on other people's podcasts and on my own. But now we're going to jump into it on black and white. Now, when you ask a question like that, was it because of how we were and people would uh, approach you in a certain way because of how they knew your mentality was? With all intensive purposes and with all due respect, it's got nothing to do with it. Okay? Okay. It's got nothing to do with it. What I have informed people on many occasions, when people ask me about racism in professional wrestling, depending on how they ask the question. If you ask me, Stevie, have you ever dealt with racism in professional wrestling? There's an answer for that. Or Stevie, is there, prof- is there racism in professional wrestling? That's a whole nother question. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people think it's the same question. But it's not. And like I've told you on many occasions, just because people experience racism, that doesn't mean they know how to talk about racism. Mm-hmm. To put it in a perspective where you really understand what racism actually is. And that's why a lot of people get pissed off at me because, brother, I don't know how to shield it. I just tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Either you understand it or you don't. Now, me and my brother... Of course, we've experienced racism, not in just in professional wrestling, in all walks of life. Even when I had my security company, even when I was working, even when I worked in clubs, even when I worked regular, whatever the situation is, because this is the thing. People that are racist will take racism anywhere they go. Right, right. It's got nothing to do with the marquee. Mm-hmm. up on the building. It's got nothing to do with that. So, like I've said before, I never cared about an individual, a individual being racist. Because if you step across the line, I'm going to check you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have fun doing it. But that's the guy I don't fear. The guy I fear is the guy that can hurt my career. Mm-hmm. That does things just because, going back to the Malcolm X uh, quote, they turned in the sheets and the mask in for what? A regular everyday suit. Mm-hmm. Whether he be the president of a company, whether he be a police officer, whether he be a judge, whether he be a prosecutor, whether he be a DA. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're the same guys 
but they're disguising themselves as what? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Politicians, so yeah. on and so forth. So when someone makes legislation to hurt a hurt a people, that's racism. Yeah. Not you coming up to me, calling me the N-word, and you don't have nothing to do with my life. You no threat to me. Yeah. So if I'm answering your question, so when me and my brother got to a level of we're drawing money and you know we need you know you need me now. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We know you know we you know I know you need me now. Now we draw money because it ain't a five star show unless we're on it. So you need me on these house shows. You need me because when anybody else went out there, they didn't draw the numbers like we did. Mm-hmm. So once we got to that level, that overcomes your racism now. You know why? Because now I'm a product that brings in numbers. So that's the way we, so when we, somebody came to us and say, oh, Stephen Booker, we want you to do this. And we, nah, we don't feel like doing it tonight. Like Kurt Russell said on Tombstone, I don't feel like being arrested today. So that's when, when you got that kind of cachet. That is the only way you can deal with stuff like that. If not, somebody just for the hell of it is going to go out of their way to mess with you just because of the hell of it. See, Stevie, and I whoever would... those, and you don't never know who those people are sometimes. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm the, I, I see this would be my this this would be my mentality as a white dude. Okay. As a white dude, bro, if you if you are a white person and you are racist towards the black community, mm-hmm. I I would think make money for me or not make money for me. If you're black, I'm still going to have a problem with you. But but you're saying that that wasn't the case once they saw you as a viable brand and money maker, the attitude would change. Yes. Wow. That surprises me. That surprises no, because you got to realize as good as we were doing, they still never want to give us a push. They didn't give us a push until Hulk Hogan recommended it. A white man. Yeah. Not what we were doing in the ring. A white man. A white man who's on record calling people the N word. <laughs> right. That's a, that is ironic. <laughs> it is ironic. It is ironic. <laughs> hey, but if you, it, okay, t- Hogan didn't know, people ask me about that. And I say things like, brother, if you listen to some of the things I've said in private, talking to my buddies or, or my family or this, that, and the other, as it pertains to white people, you wouldn't like me very much. You're talking about Italians. No, I didn't say that, yeah. but yeah. maybe. Maybe. I don't know what that <laughs> subject was. <laughs> I, I don't know. It might have been just you. Yeah, <laughs> might have just been one Italian man, not 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 a whole group. Might have just been one. But I'm just saying. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, as people, you know, you say things that you don't really mean. It's just the fact you got caught in a situation and your emotions overran your intellect. That don't mean I hate nobody. That just mean you know your inner self that you came up in because we're all dealing with racism just like an alcoholic deals with 
alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a mm-hmm. never-ending battle Yeah. to take yourself and correct yourself and go, man, I didn't realize I was really like that. Because like I've said on the show before, a lot of times, Vince, people can be considered racist toward things and don't even realize it. Then there are the ones that just blatant and don't give a shit. It's a difference. Yeah. It's one thing when you're working on stuff or try to work on it or admit something and try to make yourself better. I've had to do that myself. Nobody's above it. So that's why when people ask me about Hogan, I'm like, Hogan ain't never been malicious toward me. I owe a lot of my career to this man or helping me get in the position. So how can I hate him for, for what he said? Because I've been, if someone listened to me behind closed doors, I've done the same thing. Yeah. I'm not above it. You're not above it. Nobody is, man. But when you know it and you address it, that's when people come together. Yeah. yeah. When you know it and you can address it. I can admit it and I can address it and I can try to do better. Yeah. I just can't condemn people for this, that, and the other. So in essence, I'm just saying, once we got to a certain level, you've seen things change. You've seen things change. Yeah. And that is why I've always said, when it comes to the WWE, now I'm not saying, I don't know about behind the scenes. Devon is talking about that. But as far as performing, I've always said, I've never liked how the WWE puts the African-American image out there. I've always had a problem with that. And it's maybe it's not done maliciously, but it's how they look at the African-American performer in a lot of ways. You know, I got to tell you something, Steve, and I know you know him very, 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 very well, and I know both you and I, like, absolutely respect the hell out of this man. And, bro, you know, I, I didn't know him till I got to know him, right? Uh, I'm talking about Ron Simmons. Okay. Bro, I got – and, bro, I uh, – man, you talk, I have all the respect in the world for this man. I mean, all right. the respect in the, in the world. But, bro, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that – bro, I'll never forget when I was doing the magazine and they brought in Ron Simmons – and they put him in that Farouk character with the ridiculous helmet, and he's got the, the blonde-haired white girl with him. And I remember looking at that saying, are you – when after getting to know Ron, I'm mm-hmm. absolutely shocked that he didn't say, what are you, out of your freak – now, I know, bro, it was – the first time he was going to WWE, probably making more money than he ever did in his life. But as I mm-hmm. got to know him later, I can't believe that he did not say, are you out of your freaking minds? Well, well a lot of times you don't know what the positions that he's in coming into a situation yeah. like that. Yeah. And a lot of times you just don't have leverage, you know, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. things yeah. like that. But the same thing that you're saying is the same thing I thought, too. Ron Simmons' name. Forget it. Th- that's all you need. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Ron Simmons. But it's just like... I used to tell people these things. I said, when Ron Simmons had the title and he became the heavyweight champion in WCW, when he beat Vader, God rest his soul. Vader was a cool dude, too. They never pushed him 
as the point man. You see what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. You put the title on him for what? You never got pushed as the point guy. The guy that works in the last match. Not a tag team match with two Cole Scorpio against uh, Tony Atlas and and, and, and Mankind. You know, you're the main eventer. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We put the belt on you for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe because you're in Atlanta and Hank Aaron, my boy, who had conversations with me, not you, okay, <laughs> who know who old Ray Dog was, not Vince Russo, Mr. Baseball himself, hammering Hank. Maybe because, yeah, yeah, I'm going to throw it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Hank is cool. He didn't know who you were. He no, knew who I, I, he yeah. knew who Ray Dog was. That's right, yes. Hammer and Hank, yeah. Yes. I was in front of my TV as a kid watching him break Babe Ruth's record, and the dude ran, and the dude ran on the field. Two dudes, yeah. <laughs> one on each side, one on each side. I was, I was watching that with my grandmother. Yeah, if Hammer and Hank strolled around the bases, yeah, a proud moment in my life, Vince. A proud moment. But anyway, I'm not gonna get on that, man. I'm, oh, you're you're yeah. right because because when 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 uh, when when Ron is the champion, you got your Lugers, your Stings, your Ric Flairs who are in the main event. You're, and the va- right. and the Vaders. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm good enough to hold the belt, but I'm not good enough to be your point man. So why is that? That's like Anybody? Being half, that's like being half pregnant. We're gonna we, we're gonna put the belt on you, but we, we ain't going all the way with you because we're not sure, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons when it comes to I don't know if it's racism or whatever. I don't know if it's sponsors. I mean, sponsors won't sponsors are about money and numbers, and if a guy is not worthy of numbers, which in turns equals money, then what you put the belt on him for, Vince? You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's like when they put the belt on us. We were the team. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We were the team that made everybody go, okay, as far as tag team wrestling go, those are the guys. Yeah. Nobody's above them, whoever it may be. Whether it be Sting and Lex, whether it was Sting and Randy Macho, man, it was on. And that's how the crowd looked at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Steiners, Nasties, whatever. That's the guys. And that's how it was always in professional wrestling. So if it's not like that and you put the belt on somebody, I mean, you get the big pop from it. But if you don't go through with it, I can see why Run went to. Because, you know, remember after that, you know, and they took the belt off him, Run was just kind of like a regular guy. Yeah, another name on the roster. He was, yep. And that wasn't, I didn't think that was cool. So when he left, when he left, because I didn't even know he was leaving, you know, because he didn't discuss it with anyone. Because me and Ron and my brothers too talk all the time man you know but i remember going down to disney and stuff he was like you know some of the shows he's just like a regular guy i'm like wait a minute the guy used to have the title yeah and you know it was what it was but that's what i'm talking about and maybe we didn't know when ron went to wwe that is what i'm talking about you got to be some kind of character instead of just being you know when the road warriors came in they didn't make them in my they just called them a legion of doom instead yeah. of the world wars but it was the same gimmick with yeah. the same music, with the same persona. You see what I'm saying? 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Or, like, or like what they did with my brother, you know what I'm saying? You come in as a champion, then all of a sudden you, you're uh, a character of yourself, running from them, running from somebody in a grocery store. Yeah. So that's me just talking about people that are talent. Now, behind the scenes, what Devon is talking about, I really don't know what he had to go through, and I really would love to talk well, about this, that. This is heavy now. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, bro, and I'm not going to mention any names. I'm going okay. to say allegedly. The Sportatorium, bro, was in Houston, correct? T- Dallas. Dal- okay, Dallas. Yeah. Well, don't 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 get Houston mixed up with Dallas. I think Houston it- is South Texas. Dallas okay. is North Texas. Can you get that straight? Yeah. Okay. All I'm gonna do is, bro. Okay. Speaking of Texas, I am okay. so excited about what is coming here. That's from Texas. I am so excited, bro. I swear to God, my wife thinks I'm out of my mind. You know what's coming to Colorado, bro? No. Bucky's. Bucky's, bro. Oh, really? Bucky. You, you know Bucky's, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's come, first one's coming to Colorado, 2024. I'm so excited, bro. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, Bucky. You, ever, right, you ever been to Bucky's? No, I just see. I just. I just keep watching videos on TV. I've never been to one, bro. Oh my goodness! I know. I can't wait. You can't escape them. You can't escape them down here. If you're going they're down Houston. the highway, they're Houston. They're huge, right, bro? Huge. Oh, all over Texas. Never been to one in my life. All, if you're going up and down the highway, oh my God! If you're going down the highway and you see a Bucky's, it is packed. Oh, I can't wait. I can't it wait. It is packed. Yeah. I the only thing that can't come in there is 18 Willows. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that on one of the videos. Yes, I heard that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Inside, they got everything known to man. I know. I keep looking. I keep going to YouTube videos with all these tours of Bucky's, and my wife is like, what the freak is wrong with you? <laughs> I can't wait. Bro. I can't wait. But anyway. Okay, go ahead. This is the meat of the story. And, bro, I I think, I think allegedly it's going back to somebody known for the sportatorium. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. No, this is, this is, this is heavy now. I remember coming into certain locker rooms and there were certain people that didn't care if it got out how they were treating you, uh, Devon said. There was a prominent figure in WWE. I should say that he was office. That base, and I will say this, bro. If 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 it's who, I'm pretty sure. I already know who you're talking about. Okay, and he's and he's still there. I already that, know. That basically told this. Listen to this, bro. Oh, okay. That basically told me that he didn't like me because I was black. Two occasions, he told me. Bubba was there on one of them, and Bubba was there on the second one, along with Paul Heyman, Tommy Dreamer, and Spike. So, so mm-hmm. Devon saying four people were there. To this day, I have no respect, nor do I like this individual. I'm not going to go and put him on blast right now, but I don't care for him, so I just stay away from him. I got to ask you a question. Stevie, if, if if there is if there is a dude like this mm-hmm. that is one hundred percent all American racist, mm-hmm. 
Would you rather the dude tell you to your face or would you rather him just affect your career behind the scenes? This episode will continue with part two next week right here at Russo'sBrand.com.